Hey, welcome to Tuesday's show. Morning, studio. Morning. Morning. Here's a story I just saw. It's sad, but more than sad, it ends happy. So bear with me. This is from uh, The Insider. A woman who had been on a ventilator for over a month woke up from a coma just hours before her family planned to end her life support. Mm. Her name is Bettina Lerman. She was unvaccinated against coronavirus. She was hooked up to a ventilator. It was in Portland, Maine. Her son, Andrew, said she had underlying health conditions like diabetes. On October 29th, so it's been a couple weeks, family members were set to end her life support. This is what he said. They told us, your mom is never going to wake up. It was the end of the line. They told him that she had irreversible damage from COVID-19. But just hours before pulling the plug, she suddenly woke up. He got a call from a doctor that was like, uh, hey, what are you doing? He was like, well, we're picking out a headstone for mom. Mm. And this story goes over to WMTV. Quote, he goes, well, I need you to come to the hospital right away. I'm like, what? Something wrong? He goes, well, your mom just woke up. I literally dropped the phone. I was like, what? I mean, because we were supposed to be terminating life support today. Okay, I have a couple things to say. First of all, like I told you, this ends happy because she's alive, right? We're all, we're all on the yes. same page, right? Yeah. Amy, what do I tell you? If you suckers ever pull me off life support, <laughs> I know. two things are going to happen because either I'm going to live or I'm going to die. If I live... After you pull me, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be so mad. We ain't friends anymore. You try to kill me. If I die, I'm going to haunt you because I knew you pulled me from life support. So if I'm plugged up, plug it in, plug it in, leave <laughs> it plugged in. Yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've had that memo for years now. And I think, yeah, you're like everybody, there's checks and balances. Like you're, we take a vote, everyone's voting to keep you alive because everyone's too scared. There is no vote anymore. It's only Caitlin at this point. She oh. has, she's the only one who gets to decide. But I'm just letting everybody know because sometimes, you know, uh, cases are decided by popular opinion. Okay. I do not want to be unplugged. Go ahead. What do you want us to do if Caitlin decides, like, Good question. if doctors say, Caitlin, there's no way Bobby's waking up. Like, he wouldn't want to live this way. Like, you can't. The doctor don't know crap. Okay, but I'm saying, what if? <laughs> Follow me here. And Caitlin's like, okay, well, I know this is a horrible decision. I mean, how, what do you want us to do? Abduct her, lock her in a room until I come back to life. <laughs> okay. There, we have it. I've said it. It's on public record, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, what a wild story, though, huh? The day that she was being taken off life support, she, boom, just pops up and ends awake. Okay, let's open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Good morning, Bobby. I need your advice concerning a coworker. His feet and shoes stink. I sit directly behind him and can smell his feet or shoes. When he wears new shoes, the smell is not there. How do I let him know that his shoes smell? Signed, holding my breath. Well, this goes to all the relationship you have with this person. But what I would do is I would leave a note or I'd create a troll email account and go, hey, your shoes stink. A troll (laughs) email account? Sorry. A... uh, Uh, a, Anonymous. A burner. Oh, burner. I would create a burner account. Oh, that sounds cool. Be like, hey, I work with you. This is embarrassing. I like you, but I don't know how to tell you. Your shoes stink. And that's it. I would create like... Uh, shoe smeller at 68.com gmail whatever you know whatever <laughs> shoe smeller 68 at gmail.com I would send it to his email address and say hey listen I work in the same building as you I like you 
I don't have the guts to tell you this in person, but your shoes stink. So I'm just letting you know as a friend who doesn't have the courage and is a coward, those shoes are bad. So Aww. please stop wearing them. See, if I was the recipient of that, then I'm left thinking, who is this person that sent it to me? It could be anyone around me at any given time. And now I'm just super self-conscious when I would rather just hear from one person. And I would have, so I'd rather know who it's from. But I'm telling you what I would do. I'm I'm the coward of the county. And aren't you thankful that someone told you that your feet smell? Sometimes when you smell, you don't notice because you're just used to that smell. Same. I'm often told my armpits smell now. Like Caitlin, she says... If I were to have a clone named after my favorite, my sense, it would be spray tan, B.O., and bulldog. Ew. That's what my new clone would smell like. <laughs> Funny. Uh, you, you let him know, but if you don't have the courage, and I wouldn't, to just go up to him in his face, because most people don't, I would create a burner email account, send it, and be nice. Say, I really like nice. you. I'm just embarrassed that I don't have the guts to tell you, but your shoes stink. So please stop wearing them. Thank you. And then maybe the next day put a $5 Starbucks gift card on this. Oh, mm-hmm. this is the, and yeah. then you create a secret relationship between him and the mystery. See, it could turn Fall into in so many things. Yeah, it could. That's what I say to do. Yeah. All right. Thank you. That's the mailbag. Morgan, if they want to email us, what do they do? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. Yesterday I did my top five Kenny Chesney songs. People like that. So now I'm going to do my top five Blake Shelton songs. But first, a couple facts about Blake you probably didn't know. Did you know he coached on a show that wasn't The Voice before The Voice? No idea. Blake was in Clash of Choirs, kind of like The Voice. This is way before. During his appearance, the singing team that went up against the groups was led by Patti LaBelle and Michael Bolton. In the end, Blake's team placed third. Oh. Lost to Patti LaBelle and Michael Bolton. Did wow. not know that. Yeah, what a loser. <laughs> and then after that, he was a judge on Nashville Star in 2007. Hmm. Then he went on to become wildly famous. Listen, The Voice helped his country music career. Blake Shelton was not an A-list country star until The Voice helped him be an A-list star, which helped him be an A-list country star. He he already had some big songs, and he was a a big artist, but he wasn't like A-plus country artist. He wasn't like you could see him marrying Gwyneth Paltrow. Or no. Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. Stefani. Close. (laughs) Or either. (laughs) My top five Blake songs. Number five, Honeybee. You'll be my soft and sweet. I'll be your strong and steady. Number four, and I always would hear this on the radio and be like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with this song, but I realized I do after looking at all of his his, his library. Some Beach. Yeah. Some Beach. <laughs> Somewhere. Because Some Beach. I think everyone gets it, right? Everybody gets it, right? I think so. At number three, God's Country. God's Country. I saw the light in a sunrise. His biggest song. Recent-ish, but his biggest song ever. At number two, it's a cover, but all red. And the water saying, come on, somebody, why don't you run? I mean, I know that originally from George Jones. Oh, it's a George Jones cover? Mm-hmm. Okay. But Blake did it really good, and then it was a massive song for him again. And number one, what is it? Blake Shelton, my number one Blake Shelton is song. Is it Austin? Yeah, it's Austin. Uh, yeah. If it's anybody else, wait for the tone. You know what to do. And P.S. If this, this is Austin, I still love you. He still plays that. It shows. It's his first ever number one. I was with him probably four or five months ago, and he was playing it. I was like, he had the words on a teleprompter in front of him because all the words were. And I was like, do you need the teleprompter? He was like, man, I could do this without even knowing I'm singing it. Like I could. I, I've sang this song so many times. 
But that is my favorite Blake Shelton song. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. Sam Hunt shared what he likes to eat on Thanksgiving Day. When I pile my plate up, it's mostly turkey. And then I'll put a little dressing on the side. And then I'll usually go ahead and grab my dessert on the first run and have it have it ready uh, before it all disappears. Carrie Underwood spends a lot of her Thanksgiving holidays working, and she shared how her family celebrates around it. We don't have too many set-in-stone Thanksgiving traditions. I find myself a lot of times working like on or around Thanksgiving or unable to get home or whatever. We try to be together, but sometimes that just doesn't, doesn't work out. Dirks Bentley shared his Thanksgiving Day must-haves. We gotta have a big turkey. Thanksgiving is not possible without a without a turkey. So uh, we cook it traditionally. When we're when we're in a, a couple of Thanksgivings ago, we were here in Nashville and we did the whole uh, you know fried a turkey up, which is great. I mean, it, it just tastes so good. All the juices get locked in there, and I love that too. You really can't to me cook a turkey wrong. I'm gonna eat it. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news with producer Eddie. Tell me something good. Topeka High School in Kansas had a contest going on called the Character Challenge. And this is where students did videos of them performing kindness in the community. And the winner, Jada Fulton, she won the grand prize of $500. And she didn't keep the money. What she did was she gave it away to a charity she loved called the One Heart Project. And this is a charity that gives second chances to kids that are in and out of juvenile centers. So she did not keep the money. She gave it away. I love that. I would have expected nothing less from old Jada. Mm -hmm. Of course. Also... We should shout out the school for just having that contest. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, great. That's awesome. She won and she donated the money. That's probably the headline. But that a school would have a a kindness contest, that's a pretty cool thing to do. And then all the students that took part in the contest just doing cool stuff all over the community. I mean, they're winning 500 bucks. (laughs) Right, right, (laughs) right. Money don't grow on trees. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Topeka High School in Kansas. That's awesome. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. I'll give you three actors from a famous 90 movie. You just named the movie they all starred in together. Okay, team? Okay. For example, if I said Tom Hanks, Gary Sinise, Sally Field, the movie's from 1994, named that movie. Forrest Gump. You've got mail. That's right. No. (laughs) No, it's Forrest. Come on, guys. (laughs) Gary Sinise was Lieutenant Dan. Sally Field was his mom. Oh. Tom Hanks obviously was Forrest Gump. Okay. You're all in. I have five of these here. Write your answer down. Let's see who scores the best. From 1995, Alicia Silverstone, Brittany Murphy, Paul Rudd. Alicia Silverstone, Alicia Silverstone, Brittany Murphy, and Paul Rudd. All right, time. Amy, the year was 1995. The movie was? Clueless. Lunchbox, the movie was? Clueless. Eddie, the movie was? Clueless. That is correct. One point for everybody. The year was 1996. Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., Renee Zellweger. From 1996. Tom Cruise... Cuba Gooding Jr., Renee Zellweger. It's uh five seconds on the clock. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Woo! And that's time. 
Eddie, the year was 1996. The movie was blank. Easy breezy, Jerry Maguire. Amy? Jerry Maguire. Lunchbox? Man, all I could come up with was show me the money, but I got Jerry Maguire at the very end. Yeah! All right. Nice job. Two points for everybody. Next up, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Robin Williams. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Robin Williams. Dang it. The year was 1997. What? I said, dang it. All I can think of is... um... Five seconds on the clock. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Time. Amy, do you like apples? Yeah, that's all I have in my head right now is how about them apples? (laughs) (laughs) How do you like them apples? Uh, Amy, the answer is blank. How about them apples? <laughs> I don't. That's incorrect. I, I know. I. Uh. Eddie. Yeah, man. One of my favorite movies. That's uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yes. Oh. Correct. Lunchbox. Goodwill Hunting. Ooh. Okay. Eddie and Lunchbox take the lead. Name this '90s movie by the three actors: Jason Alexander. Richard Gere, Julia Roberts. The year was 1990. Jason Alexander, who you would know as George Costanza on Seinfeld. Richard Gere, Julia Roberts. Five seconds on the clock. And that's time. Lunchbox. Pretty Woman. Eddie. Pretty Woman, Bones. Amy. Pretty Woman. Correct. All right, last one. Jim Carrey. Tone Loke. Courtney Cox. The year is 1990. Jim Carrey. Courtney Cox, Tone Loke. Whoa. The year is 1994? Yeah. The year is 1994. What? Five seconds on the clock. (laughs) This is hard. Time. Amy? Um, scary movie? Incorrect. Lunchbox. Ace Ventura. All righty then. That's correct. <laughs> Courtney Cox Eddie? is that. Okay, good. Ace Ventura. I don't remember Courtney Cox or Tone Loke in yeah, that I movie, but thank you. Yeah, I, I don't even I, know who Tone Loke is. He's a singer, right? He does. She liked to do the wild thing. Okay. Bounce, bounce. Where, he also is, does Funky Cole Medina. What? What does Courtney Cox do in that movie? She's like the she love actually, interest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amy's been eliminated. Guys, we'll do Bye. speed round. Okay. Oh. Buzz your name in when you know it. Here we go. The year is 1996. Jeff Goldblum. Eddie. I don't know who that is. E- Eddie. I mean, I'm just going around. I don't know. I didn't let you finish, but give me Jurassic Park. Sam Neill, Laura Dern. The answer is Jurassic Park. Ah! There he is. I don't know who those people are.
I got Lunchbox at his own game. No. I guess without knowing. <laughs> I wouldn't have known those people. You could have named all three and I had no idea. That's hard. Eddie, nice job, buddy. Thank you, man. But you were like 40 in the 90s. So you were really Okay, This is a voicemail from Landon. I need some advice. Uh, I have this girl. We used to date a long, like I want to say it's been about four or five years now that we were really dating, but she will not leave me alone. I mean, she left me alone there for a little while and right back up at it. Here she is again. I was just wondering, what do you think I should do? You could block her number. That's usually what I do. Listeners have my number all the time now. I just block them. I don't even change my number. I just block them. You can block her. There's a really good episode of... Uh, Black Mirror, it shows you how to eliminate someone. You ever see that one? Where you can block them completely out? Or you can just say, hey, I, I don't want to be, I don't want you to be in my life anymore. You could do the adult thing. You could also do that, right? That's what he's asking, right? She won't leave him alone. You could also call the cops. I mean, there are a lot of things you can do here depending on what she's doing. Amy, your thoughts? Yeah, that's what I was going to recommend is just having like a real heart-to-heart conversation of like where you are and set that boundary. And then, yeah, if she then cannot follow it, after a major sit down, then you, yeah, take more steps towards eliminating her. Uh, call and leave us a voicemail anytime you want. 877-77-BOBBY. That's our voicemail number. <laughs> Amy, I forgot to ask you about the weekend because you were taking your daughter to see Garth Brooks. Yes. And it was amazing. And as you know, we kind of had a couple of weeks to prepare. So I was getting her ready with all the Garth stuff and all the Garth music. And... I don't really think I prepared her properly because we were all kind of surprised. It was Garth and he was he was there. It was just Garth, the guitar and lots of stories and jokes, lots of jokes. (laughs) And so she she didn't really get any of his jokes, but he would play a lot of artists that inspired him as well. Like I thought it was personally amazing, but she doesn't really know who Bob Seger is and James Taylor. Who? Who's the first person? <laughs> well, I don't see. I don't even know how to say it. No, name, say it. So say I it again. To say it really fast. Say it again. Bob Seger. There we go. She didn't know who Bob Seger was. <laughs> how do you say it? Bob Seger. Okay, Bob Seger. See? And Bob Seger sings like, working on the night moves. Yeah, well, and then James Taylor, like, I see fire and I see mm-hmm. rain. It was so good. And then, you know, sometimes Garth talks in, talks about himself in first person. Third person. Or, third. Oh, third person, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he says, you know, hi, Garth. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm going to play some George Strait. And so Stashira was getting really confused. She was like, wait. <laughs> She's like, is this George Strait or is this Garth Brooks? And I was like, oh, no, this is Garth. She's like, okay, he's talking about himself like that. So I, all in all, we stayed the whole time. Like, we walked away. We had a great time. We had popcorn, M&Ms. Like, we stood up. We cheered. No cameras were allowed, though. So she got busted. I didn't know that. And so she was trying to take a video, and an usher comes up. She's like, no cameras. And then, sure enough, I look at the ticket, and it says, no cameras on the ticket. And I was like, my bad. (laughs) That is basically Garth's Vegas show when I went to it. He had a guitar, and he would be like, you know, this is to inspire me. And he'd play, like, some Motown stuff, and he'd play a little bit of his music. And then he'd go, here's some Bob Seegert. And then he'd play, (laughs) you know. So maybe it was that kind of show. Did you learn anything about Garth Brooks that you didn't know? Oh, yeah. I walked away with some fun facts that I I have brought to share with y'all. So first of all, he wrote Much Too Young to Feel This Damn Old for George Strait. Like, basically, he came to town as a songwriter, wasn't going to be an artist, like a performer. But he had that song in his back pocket and was like, I want George Strait to cut this. And I guess George turned it down, so Garth ended up doing it. All right, give me another one. 
Unanswered Prayers is a true story, which we've known for quite some time, but it didn't happen at a hometown football game. Hmm. It happened at some place that actually didn't really, wouldn't really sound good in a song. And uh, so he thought it'd flow a lot better if it said hometown football game. But the song is totally fact, just it was not at a football game, which I always heard the song was true, so assumed it was at a football game. But I think it was like, I don't know, at the state penitentiary or something. (laughs) (laughs) At the truck stop on Third (laughs) Avenue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, it just didn't sound that good. Oh, and when I was researching, like after he shared the fun fact, it made me want to read about it more. And that's the song he wrote about his first wife, so not Trisha Yearwood, his wife before Trisha. Sandy. Sandy. And so he said later in an interview after him and Sandy got divorced, he's like, well, for a long time I couldn't say this because I was married. But the woman they ran into at the, you know, football game was he really thought for the first two years of his marriage that that was literally who he was supposed to spend the rest of his life with. And he had missed out on the love of his life. But he could never say that publicly because he was married. (laughs) Well, that scares me because I wonder if Caitlin thinks that right now. She's like, the first two years, she's like, I'm with them. But it it really, oh, see, that's that. To hear stuff like that's scary. Mm, Um, Okay, give me one more fun fact. Okay, so after he wrote The River, he like, he knew that this song was going to be the thing that, like people would go crazy for with lighters and sing back to him loud at a stadium. And his co-writer apparently was like, yeah, right, whatever. It's not going to happen. This is not one of those songs. So years later, when he was playing in Central Park to a million people, he invited that co-writer to open for him. And when they played the river, there was a million people there with lighters. And that co-writer got like Garth was like, told you this is how it's going to happen. And yeah, so the river was a hit like he thought. Pretty cool. Sounds like a good show. No, no. It was so amazing. Like, I, I'm so glad Stashir and I will forever have that memory. And, you know, yeah, no cameras were allowed, but some people from Garth's team were sitting right behind us. And they, I guess they're allowed to have their cameras because they're Garth people. And they took some shots of me and Stashir from behind, like, having fun together. And they sent them to me. So it was a really special memory. Here's a voicemail we got last night. Good morning, studio. My seven-year-old son, Nash, has a morning corny for Amy. How do you get a tissue to dick? You put a little boogie in it. <laughs> Love your show. We listen every morning. Bye. Thank you, guys. Amy's morning corny comes up in 15 minutes if you want to hear one from her. All right, here's another voicemail from last night. Hey, Bobby. My son, he's nine years old, and he is a huge fan of you guys in the show. Um, he wants to give to the St. Jude Radiothon that you guys post during December and I was calling to see when that radiothon might be scheduled well I'm glad you asked Thursday and Friday December 9th and 10th will be the St. Jude Radiothon we have so many friends that are going to stop by and perform for us but the 9th and the 10th and we hope you guys can become a partner in hope so thank you for that call the Show. here's Amy's pile of stories okay so Bobby remind us are you a hugger or not a hugger uh, that's a no for me, dog. I'm not trying to hug anybody that I don't know really closely and then only on special occasions. But hugs can be so effective. There's like positive things that come from a hug. I agree with that. But if you hug all the time, then hugs are worth nothing. Okay. If everybody was just throwing out $100 bills all the time because they were easy to get, it wouldn't be worth 100 bucks. <laughs> but you do not say that to Caitlin. <laughs> but those hugs are important to me. I don't see someone from work at a restaurant and go, oh, I haven't seen you in three hours. Let me hug you. I'm not a big hugger just for the sake of hugging. I believe in hugging when it matters, and I'll give a great hug. Yeah. Okay, well, in case you're wondering, next time you give Caitlin a hug, because I know you're good at that, to make it a positive 
to make a positive impact on her, you need it to last for 10 seconds. Oh, that seems like an extra long hug. If I'm <laughs> hugging for 10 seconds, I'm expecting a little post hug. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Well, just for everybody else, take note. If you want the, the hug to have a positive impact, try to time it out and make it a long, good one. And don't do this with strangers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Has anybody in the room ever lied about COVID to get out of plans? What? No. No. no God, <laughs> no. no. Chance. Eddie admits now that he did for an entire month to miss work, like six months ago. No He's way. Like, yeah, actually, I have. Yeah. 40 days, I think, is how long Eddie was <laughs> not on the show or like in the studio with us. But apparently that's a thing. Like there's a percentage of people that are like, yeah, I've straight up have not wanted to go do something. So I've said, I've got COVID. I can't come. <laughs> or... Back in the day before people were getting vaccinated, you could say I've been exposed to COVID. Ooh. And then that, because I have a friend who is very high at a school and he said teachers were just doing that like crazy. Like, oh, I've been exposed. I don't need to come in for a few days. And you can't say, no, you weren't. You must let them have that time off, but it's an easy out, you know? Oh, yeah. Interesting. None of us could get away with that because now everyone has a microphone and a way to work <laughs> from home. So that, that wouldn't fly. Well, heads up, there is a new movie out on demand starring Trace Adkins. Did you know he was an actor? Uh, Yes, I did, Amy. This is how he talks in this movie. (laughs) Yes, I did. Well, the movie's called 13 Minutes, and I got a clip of it. Tornado warnings are just outside our viewing area. But we're under a particularly dangerous situation, Tornado Watch. Tornado! Everybody out! Tornado! Follow me this way. Everybody hurry. Are you sure this is the safest place to be? Okay, so apparently it's about one superstorm, four paths to survival, along with Trace Atkins. You got Thor Birch, Peter Facinelli, Anne Heche, Amy Smart, and Paz Vega. And they're battling the largest tornado on record to strike their town in 13 minutes. And you can check it out on demand with Apple TV, Prime Video, and many other platforms. Okay, there you go. They're battling a tornado. Yes. Uh, I'm betting on the tornado. I'm just going to say. <laughs> I'm betting on the tornado. Okay, is that it? I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. Two buddies decided to go hiking inside a cave. They're experienced, so they do it all the time. They go in, and they get really deep in there, like 900 feet. Mm. One of the guys slips and falls and hurts himself, can't get out. So his buddy has to trek out of the cave, find help, and it takes 53 hours for rescuers oh to get God. him out of the cave. 53 hours? 250 people were involved in the rescue. Wow. I'm assuming, too, he doesn't have cell phone service in there, so he's probably just wondering. He's just sitting there. For over two days, is anyone coming back? Did my yeah. friend even get out? Did he get eaten by a bear? Like, all these thoughts are probably going through your head. <laughs> 900 feet. Two days? I mean... Just sitting there wondering. Yeah, and it's having not no communication. You imagine how dark and cold it is. Oh, down I there know. Too? At night, I would get so scared. And who saved him? Uh, there was 250 different people. They had to work in shifts. They had to have him on a stretcher and carry him out of the cave. Wow, wow. that's crazy. Good story. That's what it's all about. That was tell me something good. If you're somebody who eats a lot of food, especially someone who's known to eat a lot of food, this is like the greatest compliment you can get because this dude was banned from an all-you-can-eat barbecue place because he ate too much. I mean, think about the amount of food you got to eat to be banned from an all-you-can-eat place. This guy's a food live streamer. He said he's been blacklisted from a grill buffet restaurant for eating too much. He's known only as Mr. King. He was banned from the place 
after a series of binges. He ate 3.3 pounds of pork trotters during his first visit. I don't even know what a trotter is. He ate eight pounds of prawns on another visit. He was like, I can eat a lot. Is that a fault? I didn't waste any of the food. The restaurant owner told the same reporter that covered the story that he was putting him out of pocket. He said, every time he comes here, I lose a ton of money. Even when he drinks soy milk, he can drink 20 or 30 <laughs> bottles. That's why. What's this guy's digestive system like? <laughs> I know. That's crazy. Uh, so shout out to Mr. King because he knows what he's good at. I mean, think about if you work at that restaurant and you see Mr. King walking in. Uh, yeah. If you just work there and it's like not your career, you're probably like, shout out Mr. King. But yeah, if you're the guy that's paying for all this food, but you got to think at an all-you-can-eat place, they throw away so much food at the end of the night, right? Yeah, I mean, they have to factor in. You have to also, it probably balances out somehow because there's some people that are coming in paying for all-you-can-eat and they eat one thing. Well, uh, Mr. Kang is not allowed there anymore. (laughs) Uh, Justice for Mr. Kang, if you ask me. But let's go over and get the morning corny with Amy. The morning corny. What did the mother turkey say to her disobedient children? What did the mother turkey say to the disobedient children? If your father could see you now, he'd turn over in his gravy. <laughs> okay, fake laugh and all. Like she, <laughs> I yeah. like that one. That Come was not on. a fake laugh. No, Brave, that's a fake laugh. Gravy. Come on. Oh. Come on. Okay. And, and the longest joke ever. It's like she's reading the Constitution <laughs> and she ends up with a, uh, okay, thank you, Amy. We'll put that up on the Instagram. It'll have to be two slides, though. It's so long. <laughs> Amy, what happened? Well, I just don't know if this is allowed or not, but we were driving near a school zone area and there was a crossing guard and the crossing guard was smoking a cigarette. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, this just seems weird, but it's not even like he was trying to hide it at all. But he definitely inhaled, took a last smoke, came out of his mouth, and then he flicked it on the ground and went and got his little stop sign and was good to go. But I'm like, kids are all around, people are all around. Like, surely this is not allowed, right? Is a crossing guard hired by the school? I have Do no idea. Good question. I mean, I don't, it, it, what the school wasn't, the problem is it's like in an area where there is a school, so they have different crossing guards set up. So I don't know if like the neighborhood or the town or the what, who, the city, who, who's in charge mm. of that? Good question. But you're saying the crossing guard with kids should not be smoking a cigarette right then when the kids are around. Yeah. I just yeah. thought we do, we're, we're at a, to a point in society where you wouldn't <laughs> smoke around kids. But maybe it is allowed. I, I have no idea. I just was shocked to see such a thing. But wait a minute. The, the crossing guard, he was standing outside. Outside. Like he's not in the school, right? No, he's outside. Okay. So he's smoking a cigarette outside. You walk to the grocery store. There's people smoking cigarettes outside the grocery store. Kids go to the grocery store. He's outside, guys. Can we calm down? He's outside well, smoking first a of cigarette. All- I don't think anybody has been anything but calm when talking about this. But Amy's acting like it's the worst thing she's ever seen. I just don't think he should be smoking. I'm like, he's outside. I I just think I am not, I guess I'm not shocked that someone smokes lunchbox. I think, but when you put on the vest, you put down the cigarette. Mm, I mean, have you ever seen a cop? Have you ever seen a cop smoke? Yeah, a cop smoke. I mean, it's crazy. No, I haven't. I don't think I've ever seen a cop in uniform smoking a cigarette. Have you guys ever been outside? Yes. Ever? Now it's just comical how lunchbox. Have you ever so seen a waiter? A waiter goes outside a restaurant and smokes and then well, comes yeah. back in and serves you your well, food. No, a waiter, very okay. different. Uh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> the only person not calm here is lunchbox for some reason. <laughs> okay. 
here, I, I think this is why it seemed weird to Amy because yeah, a yeah. crossing guard at a school feels like someone that is connected to the school because and there are kids all around. Yeah. And it's weird to see someone smoke with that affiliation of children at school next to them. Yes. It reminds me of the time, too, where I thought a crossing guard was dealing drugs, and um, I was totally wrong about that. But trust me, there's no mistaking that this crossing guard was smoking. Just so our listeners know, at one point, Amy was so confident that her crossing guard was dealing people drugs because the crossing guard would walk over and would, like, hand somebody something. Yes. Then we sent Lunchbox out. Yes, we sent Lunchbox out, and he drives up to the crossing guard, like, hey, you got it? (laughs) And the crossing guard's like, yeah. And go and hands it to him. It was a peppermint. It was a peppermint. <laughs> yes. How was I supposed to know she was the peppermint? You know, can't pass her out or like I thought. I literally thought there was multiple times where I was behind cars where they would slow down. I mean, you're already going 15. You're already going slow, but they would slow all the way down. Stop. Roll down their window. There would be a hand exchange. What else was I supposed to think? And I was like, what an excellent cover because no one's ever going to think that the crossing guard is handing out drugs to people that are. Slow Slowly driving through. Like, it all just made sense. And then, yeah, I mean, she was just really nice. And people knew her as the peppermint queen. Question is, should a crossing guard at a school be able to smoke a cigarette? Yes or no? Around the room, Amy. No. Eddie? I don't want my crossing guard walking my children across the street smoking a cigarette. No. (laughs) I'm going to go with no, too. I don't think he should go to jail. (laughs) But I'm going to go with no as well. well if you're working with kids, you shouldn't be smoking while you're working with kids. Okay, Lunchbox, but, well, yeah. go, go Yes, ahead. people smoke, man. Like, there's parents that smoke. I mean, guys, <laughs> they have kids, and they, my parents smoke. I mean, are we going to take their kids away? Like, guys, people have an addiction. They smoke cigarettes. Okay. Like, they're outside. They're not harming anybody. Would you want your teacher smoking cigarettes in class with your kids? No, not in class, but he's outside. If they're on the playground okay. and the teacher wants to smoke, go for it. <laughs> Shut up. Goodness. Stop it. Shut up. Like, yeah. I understand. They're outside. Okay, let me get this clear. If you're if they're at recess and your kids are playing and your teacher lights one up, you're like, I get it. It's cool. Yeah, you're addicted. I mean, it's they, fine. They, 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 it's- they wait until they got outside. It's their time. You know, they get a break. Have a cigarette. That's fine. <laughs> Uh. In front of the kids. In front of the kids. Listen, my kids see people smoke all the time. Do hey, you guys not go out in public Wait. and your kids don't see people smoke? Okay, No, they they do. And they're like, ew, what is that? Okay, so you say it's a cigarette. But- ew, gross. So you tell them when you see the crossing guard. Ew, gross, cigarette. Okay, but you're still exposed to the smoke. Oh, my goodness. Like, you breathe it in. You, do you walk by Morgan, cars? Do you walk by you cars because be our- there's exhaust? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Morgan, you can be our fifth vote here. How do you feel about this? No, I'm, I'm with y'all, not Lunchbox. I mean, this okay. doesn't even seem like a question to me. <laughs> <laughs> Four to one, Lunchbox. I'm sorry. You lose this one, buddy. Uh. Well, this is some Jerry Springer type stuff, which I've only realized now that some of our audience is too young to actually know what Jerry Springer is. Amy, could you explain to our younger end, who Jerry Springer was and what kind of show he used to have? Oh, I mean, it was a show that was very, I don't crazy, like shock value. Like, uh, I mean, there was always drama and fighting and yelling and cheating and scandals. <laughs> and Jerry loved it, egged it on. And the crowd would even egg Jerry on and be like, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> so this could have been on Jerry Springer back in the day. Okay. Her name is Haley. She's 28 years old. She lives in Arizona. She helped her best friend give birth. She was like, I'll be in the room with you. I'll help you. As you're having the baby, we'll go through contractions. But when the baby was born, there was a birthmark on the baby that was exactly like her husband's. Are you following me here? 
Well, yes, but I, are birthmarks hereditary? Some are, yes. Okay. Haley Custer, 28, helped her best friend give birth without realizing the baby's father was her husband of six years. She says she had no idea her close friend, who she doesn't want to name, and her husband, who she does want to name, Travis, were having an affair behind her back. She claims she helped deliver that husband's baby and only became suspicious of infidelity when she spotted a rare birth defect on the child's neck. The same birth defect that her husband had that is genetic. Okay. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. (laughs) If you're that friend, though, do you want her in the room helping deliver a baby that's her husband's? Like, aren't you trying to keep her away from that? Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it didn't cross her mind that there would be a rare birth defect that's hereditary. Also, what a piece of crap her husband is, if this is true, right? I mean, is she in a relationship with anybody else, though? Like, also, is there the, the baby daddy that everybody else thinks is the dad? Like, is he well, is he learning he's not? After confronting the pair about her suspicious her suspicions about her partner, she claims that her husband admits he had cheated on her with up to 30 women during their marriage. One of them was her best friend. Oh. See, that ain't a good friend. That ain't a good husband. Either one. That's not even her best friend. She just thought it was her best friend. That's not her best friend. Yeah, this is definitely an episode of Jerry. And see, what Jerry would have done is he would have tracked down as many of the 30 women as he possibly could, <laughs> flown them in, picked them up with a limo, put them up in a hotel in Champagne, and had them come on the show and just, you know, air it all out for public consumption. Also, for our new listeners, Lunchbox was on Jerry Springer back in the day when mm-hmm. he was 17 years old. Right, Lunchbox? That's right. They do fly you to Chicago. They put you up in a nice hotel they give you a per diem or whatever like little gift certificates to the restaurant in the hotel a night out in chicago and it is awesome and you made up a story to get on the show it wasn't even true correct we had always said if we were on jerry springer we'd say this so me and kamika said we were dating for two and a half years jennifer and derek were dating for two years and derek and kamika had been cheating on us for a year and a half and they wanted to take us on the show to tell us and he went on the show he's a kid <laughs> they brought a kid on that show yeah, like a straight how- High school kid. I was straight up in high school, senior year of high school, and I got to, I took a day, two days off school, flew to Chicago. Parents had to sign the parent release forms. Everything. It was an incredible time. Isn't it weird that they would let a kid go on that show? That they would allow a kid to si- have his parents sign for him to go on Jerry Springer? It is wild. And, and let me tell you, the bodyguard Steve, he's the one that walked me to the elevator. And he's like, and he puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, "Hey man, it's gonna be okay. It'll be okay, man." Because <laughs> they they all thought that Lunchbox and Kamika were this whole thing was true and real, but y'all made up the entire thing. Entire thing, yeah. Kamika and Jennifer were working at a club, um, and Jerry Springer called, and they were like, "Hey, do you have any stories about cheating?" And they're like, "Yeah." That's how we got it. But do you think they really knew you were lying, but they just knew it was a good story? Um, They made me sign a contract saying if they found out I was lying, they could sue me for up to $500,000. What? Yeah. Then he's like, bleep this whole segment. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Scuba, bleep this segment. But you feel like you're in the clear now? Yeah, I mean, I was only 17. I don't think I could sign a legal document. Weird they'd put a high school kid on a show like that. That's crazy. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. I want to tell you about Arla Ertle. That's her name. She has been a substitute teacher and volunteer at this school, and she just turned 90 years old. And so her family was like, all right, let's go by the school. Since you turned 90, let's drive by and just talk about some memories that you've had because you've been working there for so many years. So they drive up by the school, and as she gets there, she noticed, wait, there's some kids there. It's not all the hours the kids are at school. 450 students lined the sidewalk, chanted her name. <laughs> they were chanting, 
Let's go, Grandma Arla. <laughs> Clapping their hands. They blew noisemakers. They had pom-poms. Again, almost 500 students were there. So cool. She was the go-to substitute teacher for almost 40 years. Wow. She only recently stopped helping out the school for a couple of years due to health concerns, but they still love her, and 500 kids and faculty were there waiting on her. That's awesome. 500 people never waiting on me anywhere. Yeah, what did they say, Grandma Arla? Le- well, they said, let's go, Grandma Arla. <laughs> okay. So it was a little, a little clunky. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. But it still worked. So she had been in a capacity either going to the school or working there. She had been there since she was a teenager. Wow. She's 90 now. There you go. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. If we're not on the air, you guys can leave us a voicemail. If you're a podcast listener, you can leave us a voicemail. It's the same number that you call into the show. 877-77-BOBBY. Here's a voicemail from last night. Good morning, studio. I just wanted to say that today is my first day back from maternity leave, and I have missed listening to the show every day on my way to work. And I'm so excited to be back listening to you guys live. Thank you for my morning positivity and the great laughs on the way to work. Uh, Thank you very much, and thanks for that message. And let's do one more. Hey, Bobby. I'm watching this, what's it called? Get her done. No, (laughs) this game show that y'all are... It is horrible. It's just like the worst show ever. I mean, it's so... You know what? I can't believe that you think this is your favorite show. Have a great day. Love your show. Bye. I'm assuming she's talking about Squid Game, (laughs) if I were to guess. Hey, don't hate on Squid Game. You got to get through the first episode and a half, maybe two episodes, and then you'll love it. For me, I had to go beyond my annoyance with having to read words on the screen. Once I got past that, I was good. Actually, I loved it. It ended up being one of my favorite shows ever. But thank you for that voicemail. I appreciate that. Let's go over and do the news. Bobby's Big Stories. Approximately 80 thieves... Wearing ski masks, stormed the Nordstrom store in Walnut Creek, California around 9 p.m. Saturday night. 80 people ran in together in a large group and completely raided the store. It was boom, shoplifting, boom, out. Two employees were attacked by looters who punched and kicked them. Another one was pepper sprayed. All three of them were treated for injuries on the scene. At least three suspects were arrested in connection with the raid. But that's three out of 80. 77 of them got away. It is, I can't believe they'd have a a big enough circle of friends. I couldn't find 10 friends to do this, much less (laughs) 79. But just imagine, you're working in that store. You're making an honest living. It's almost time to close. And 80 people come in at once and steal everything. That is wild. Amy, your thoughts? I mean, my thoughts are this sounds like a movie. Like, it can't even be real. And also, wow, Nordstrom, I'd feel like that's... I'm safer there than, I don't know, somewhere somewhere else. Like, I feel like, wow, that's just crazy to me. I, that, I Now I'm going to be on guard when I'm at the mall this holiday season. Well, you go to Nordstrom because of the high-end stuff. That's where all the expensive stuff is. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I see why they wanted to, like, get in there and rob it and do their thing. But I don't know. I just, that's really scary. The CDC has a warning for those prepping the turkey this year. Do not wash the turkey. It's the same warning federal food safety experts have been using every year since 2005, and we have touched on this with chicken, but washing raw meats raises the risk of cross-contamination, and there could be food poisoning like salmonella and something called campylobacter, which I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound good. You never want to be the guy that has campylobacter. 
Uh, but we talked about this, Amy, because if you wash a turkey, that, that water can get on stuff, right? That's basically what it is? Yeah, I mean, same thing with the chicken. Like, you're just splashing around the chicken juice. It's the juice that you want to worry mm-hmm. about that that's, you can't cook off or cook away, and then maybe you get it on something else, and then you eat it, and then you get sick. Yeah, I read this on Fox Austin, and they say that 78% of people wash their turkey. Hmm. And I'm not going to hate you if you do, because I think, listen, I've never made a turkey, but I think I'd probably wash it. I think I'd probably stick it and, and run water over it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I see why you would think it's a logical thing to do, but it's not. And finally, according to Golf Club Research, the popularity of golf has slowed down. Golf is not as popular anymore for guys. Some say it could be tied to Tiger Woods and his decline, or maybe golf course prices or the pandemic. La, la, la. But golf is not as cool anymore. I That's from the Denver Post. I stopped playing golf, but not because I didn't love it as much, because I had a, a, a wrist injury that was killing me. And now I'm fixed up, but now it's winter and I can't do crap. I just sit here and think about golf all the time. <laughs> so um, I like golf. I don't get to play it that much, but I like golf. All right, thank you, guys. That's the news. Thank you. Bye. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. Maybe this is what I need to do. I have crazy digestive issues. I had to get a colonoscopy, an endoscopy. I'm reading all these stories about how I can try to fix, you know, my stomach and all these issues that I have. But here you go. Let me run this by Amy. There is a chef that claims her health issues have vanished after switching to a diet of nothing but raw beef and eggs. How does that sound? It sounds disgusting. I want nothing Mm -hmm. to do with it. 25-year-old Nicolette Kiss suffered from digestive issues. Ding, ding, ding. That's me. But she said, now that she eats just raw beef and eggs, she has never felt better. Doctors don't recommend the diet, but she continues to eat it. She says she only spends 80 bucks a week on food herself. So, can you eat raw beef? Yes. I didn't know raw beef was able to... Is that tartare? Yeah, beef, tartare. <laughs> I can just go to the grocery store, Amy. And, and just follow me here. This may be the dumbest thing ever, but I don't cook. I'm, I'm a bad cook. Um, I, I can get a steak that's raw and I can just eat it. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what they say. I mean I don't know. You maybe like they? I don't. I don't the, want to put bad bad info out there. But you're telling me if I go and get a pork chop, I don't know how exactly how it's repaired, but I know that's that pork, I've seen that's, my that's not beef. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just stay away yeah. from yeah, the pork. pork. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me take that back. Let me pull that back here. That's pork. Okay, no, here we go. Yeah, beef in most cases is safe to eat raw as long as you sear the surface of the meat. Oh, this is because on whole cuts of beef. There's bacterial containment, such as E. coli. So it's not even about cooking it. It's just about killing the stuff that has gathered on the meat since it has been cooked. So if you were to just kill a cow, because there's no E. coli, you could just eat the cow straight down? That's crazy to me. But but what if that fixed my IBS? Wait, how did you What if I need to go raw cow to fix my stomach issues? (laughs) Okay. Do it. I'm going full on Yellowstone. What? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just didn't know how you'd made that leap from like just killing the cow and eating it right away. But um, yeah, I've, I've, I think I've taken a bite of something my dad made that was like that. Like he used to eat that all the time. And yeah, now I'm picturing him and he would, he'd kind of like quickly on each side and then boom, slice into it and, you know, make, he thought it was like the most amazing thing in the world. But my, um, my niece married a meat scientist. There's a thing? Yes. He's a gra- he graduated from Texas A&M, and he majored in meat sciences, and that's what he is now. He's a meat scientist, and he said that whenever you're out to eat or even at home, like any kind of ground beef, like if you're having a burger and it's ground up, you need to ask for it well done. And I know it's popular at restaurants to get like a meat, a, a 
a rare burger or medium rare. And he's like, that's the most dangerous thing you could do because like you just mentioned, the, all the bacteria that are on there, when they grind it up, the reason why you can have a steak raw is you sear it and everything's contained inside that piece of steak and you're good to go. But when they grind it up, all the bacteria gets mixed together. So just pro tip from a meat scientist, when you order a burger out, make sure it is cooked all the way well done. Would anyone be interested to get this meat scientist as a guest on the show? Yeah. I'm completely enthralled here. Oh, yeah. I, I can book it. Like, um, he's, they live in uh, Oklahoma, so I can make it happen. Cool, cool, cool story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking Texas because they moved, but I know that he's, they've stopped in Nashville before when he's giving lectures at local people colleges. People go to lectures for meat scientists? <laughs> yes. This is a whole new, a whole new world. Yeah. Uh, well, I do order steaks medium or medium well yeah, and well. I get I get looked at by my waiter like I'm running the meat. Well, I mean, my niece's husband would tell you well done all the way every day out to eat. Well, I don't have to worry about that right this second because I mean a lot of arroz con pollo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I don't I don't worry about that, but um okay, I want to talk to a meat scientist soon. And I'm interested in eating raw beef. If I bring some in the studio before we leave for Christmas, will I have a little piece? Yeah. No. What? No. Spin the wheel? <laughs> spin the wheel? No. Yeah, spin oh, the God. wheel. Eddie, come on. <laughs> All right, the question is, can you share a bar of soap? Just a straight bar of soap. If you put it in your underarms and your butt, is it okay if someone takes it and puts it in their underarms and their butt? Now, Amy, you brought this to the show. Why? Yeah, because I just felt like it could be a dumb debate of the day because I was sitting at a basketball game and there was a husband and wife there talking about this exact thing. And the wife was irritated because the husband used her bar of soap. And the husband kept saying, it's soap, though. The soap is clean. Soap cleans itself because you put it on your body so no germs live on the soap. And she completely disagreed. I I side with the wife, by the way, but I just thought we're... I wondered where the rest of the show would stand on sharing bars of soap. Okay, so you don't share a bar of soap with your husband? No. Like, if there's a bar of soap situation happening, and it's the only option that you have, then I run it under lots of water and clean everything you off clean and get, the like, soap. A, yes. like, a few layers off the bar of soap, and then I will use it. Okay. Uh, lunchbox. Soap is soap is soap. The whole point of it is it cleans everything. So it doesn't matter if your wife used it, if your neighbor used it, if the if Patty yeah. down the street used it. It's a bar of soap. You can use it over and over again. It doesn't matter. I use the soap. My wife uses the soap. Hey, Grandpa, you want to come use the soap? Come on. Oh. I got no problem with it. Uh, in our shower... I use a bar of soap, but Kaylin uses different kind of soaps, like squeezy bottle soaps. Body wash. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not an issue with us because we don't use the same soap, but I don't think I would have a problem with it because like Lunchbox said, it's soap, and I just, for some reason, expect soap to always be clean. Now, toothbrushes, which Kaylin does not have a problem with if there's not a toothbrush around using mine, Ugh. which grosses me out. That is... Is so gross. Yeah, that's tough to that's tough for me. I could never use her toothbrush. I would just take my fingernails and try to scrape my teeth before I would use her toothbrush. Yeah. So for me, I would use the same soap, but I would not use the same toothbrush. That's my limit. Eddie? I don't really like a green with lunchbox, but soap is soap is soap. You know, I'm with yeah. him on that. It's like holy water, man. It cleans itself. It's just what? it's fine. Yes. 
Maybe this is a male-female thing where we're just disgusting and they're not. Morgan, what about you? Would you share a bar of soap with your dad? No, I wouldn't. That grosses me out. (laughs) I just, like, I I would never want to touch it. Because all I would think about was, like, he was rubbing his body. Now I'm rubbing my... (laughs) Wait, but what about Patty down the street? Yeah, definitely not Patty down the street. (laughs) I don't want to share it with my dad. But what about your boyfriend? Oh, no, I mean we use the same soap out of a squeeze, like That's a squeeze bottle, but totally I would different. never do a yeah. a soap one. So this is, I guess, a man woman thing because it was even a man woman that had the argument, right, Amy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where we are disgusting and you guys are not, basically. And I think that's where this ends. <laughs> but three to two, we aren't sharing soap. All right, that's your your dumb debate of the day. Thank you, Amy. Bobby Bone Show. Bonehead. Story of the day. There's a guy drives into the AutoZone parking lot, rolls down the window, and just starts shooting, bah, 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 firing shots at the building. Drives away. Police catch up with him, and they say, man, what were you doing? He goes, well, I tried to rob it last week, and they wouldn't let me, so I was angry. Why wouldn't they let him? I know. What do you mean they wouldn't let him? uh, One of the employees pulled out a gun and said, get out of here. Oh. Can't rob this place. And so he came back with a gun of his own and shot up the place. Okay. <laughs> makes me wonder how many other businesses let him rob the place. It makes me wonder why they didn't call the cops on him and he didn't get arrested after trying to rob the place. <laughs> I mean, if you pull a gun out of the store, you'd think they would have called the cops, yeah, right? You'd think. I think maybe they didn't call the cops because the employee wasn't supposed to pull a gun. Ooh, yeah. Didn't want to get in trouble himself. <laughs> this whole story, yeah. Okay. I'm Lunchbox. That's your bonehead story of the day. A newlywed couple owes $268,000. Because they took the keys to one of their friend's Lamborghinis, took it for a joyride, and, well, they were at a light, and then, none, 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 not even his car, and crashed it, had to go to the hospital with his new bride, car burst into flames, they're okay, but the insurance policy for the car says that it's covered if the driver is 30 or older and has permission from the owner, neither of which were true, so they're down a bunch of money, and they're probably not friends anymore. Thoughts, Amy? I mean, I don't think that I would be friends with them anymore. <laughs> That's a really expensive car to, yeah. to not have permission to drive. And also if you're, this is me thinking here. If I'm in somebody else's car and someone comes up to me and is, I'm, I'm, I'm not, if, if I'm in my car, I might actually take them for it and show the loser what's up. But if I'm in Eddie's car, I'm not going to do that. There's no chance. Mm-mm. And so now they owe, again, close to $300,000, which made me just think about our story because when, you know, they're newlyweds, but when Caitlin and I got married, we bought an old Bronco and we had had it like rebuilt a bit to be cool, but it was still old because it had died on us like the week before. But that was our, we're leaving our wedding car. So we walk out, everybody's like, oh, you just got married. We get in the Bronco, we drive off. The next day, somebody smashes into it, and it was a hair away from being totaled. It wasn't totaled, but it was a hair away from being totaled, and it's an awesome old Bronco. And it's been in the shop for, I mean, what is it? What's it been, three months? Wow. The good news is I should have it back in the next couple of weeks. How exciting is that? Woohoo! You're going to- Yes. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, but are you nervous to drive it? No, but what stinks is it's now winter, and we took the top off, and it it's- you know, you need a whole crew to come in and put the top back on because it's so old and heavy. And so it's not like we can really drive it until it gets warm again. But we're pretty pumped that it wasn't totaled because it was a big part of our wedding. And also we loved it. It took us forever to find it. But um, this story just made me think about that. So I'm pretty pumped to get that back. But I was just thinking about driving it back from the shop in the middle of winter because somebody's got to drive it home. (laughs) 
It's going to be like Ace Ventura. For, or not, no, no, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. <laughs> Frozen. Yeah. We will see you guys tomorrow. Have an awesome day. Bye, everybody. Oh, and Bobby Bones, show.